Off top, the tardigrave, a.k.a. the water bear, can survive in temperatures below 400 degrees and temperatures well above boiling. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Jeff thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, what's your first impression? I mean, this is Jeff Saturday. He's here joining us today. And I know that he's one of my close friends. So I knew he would be happy to do the show. But I also know he never listens to the show. No. So I want to know what's going through your mind right now. I don't know what you just, but whatever got real weird <laughs> right away. You start, you start giving something. I'm like, are we talking about a bear? No, what, not a bear. What did you just it's, say? A, it's, a, it's a tiny, well, whatever. Doesn't, don't worry about <laughs> it. I want hey, all the details. You, okay, so you don't know what a water bear is? No. Tardigrave, so it's a tiny little, I mean, I guess I don't know what it is. It's an insect, but it's incredibly small, and it can survive in just about anywhere. It's like the most resilient creature there is. Like I mentioned, it can survive. It's Like you have to look to see it. You have to look in a microscope, and it can survive in. This thing? Like, yeah, that's oh. a tardigrave. It's a water bear. It looks like a bear, right? It does. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, you should. It survives nuclear weapons. It's, oh, it's going to be here. Anything. It's going to be here. The temperature thing is mind blowing. So, minus 460 degrees Fahrenheit, it can live in that. And it can also live in temperatures above uh, boiling. That's insanity. See, that was fun. You know, who, fun. you know who is familiar with living in temperatures above boiling? Daniel Jones. <laughs> I was literally about to say, this is the transition. Because they was heating his <laughs> up. Boy, oh, boy. So the Giants are in a rough spot. They have the coach of the year and what we thought was, or at least they thought was their franchise quarterback. But they can't protect him. So we called in the man that I know. Knows all about protected quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Saturday, please explain us what the hell's going on. Life comes at you fast <laughs> in New York. It comes at you fast uh, this season. I don't care if you're Jets or Giants, but boy, last night was a debacle. I mean, uh, here's the thing. Obviously, Daniel Jones has regressed or is not playing nearly to the level he did last season. Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, who's been out, is a major loss. They have had other injuries up there, but I'll, I'll let. Saquon Barkley not being in the game yeah. is killing them. And what you're seeing is all the warts being exposed and everything that got kind of overlooked or shined because of these close victories they had last year. Everybody was, oh, we're going to pay him $40 million. We're not paying him 50 we'll pay him 40 okay? <laughs> That's still a large chunk of cash. But you realize, look, we're not going to win because of him. And, and what he has shown you is who he really is as a quarterback. And that, I'm not saying that's – Good or right. bad, it's just what it is. Yeah. And when when you don't have explosive plays down the field, now you have a coach throwing the iPad after he throws a pick and he has a fumble. So all of a sudden the pressure is intensifying and all the the back slapping and yeah. the joking and the all oh man the great the uh you know the the, the great post game uh, news conferences. Now it's not. yes Jordan. <laughs> I know the score is Jordan. He was pissed. I um. So, New York, I don't know. Whenever I talk to Jeff about uh, anything New York, Jeff is a, is a country boy. And, and he projects country boy. Like, he looks like he should always have a dip in his mouth. <laughs> and he wants to talk to you about hunting and fishing and all those sorts of things. But I got to keep it real with you. I got a secret to tell people. Hopefully, none of your friends know this about Jeff. Jeff be happy as hell to be in New York. <laughs> he liked the he liked the trappings of the big city. You you wish the Giants were better so you have more reasons to come up here. But the real question I got for you is when you went to the Colts, 
one of the things that we did see happen was their offensive line got better. And it yeah. seems like across football, one of the hardest, maybe the second hardest, and maybe these things are connected, but maybe the second hardest thing there is to do is develop consistent offensive line play. The first hardest being find a franchise quarterback. And like I mentioned, those things seem to be directly connected. Worth noting, the Giants have not been able to have a good offensive line in about a decade. This has been a problem insane. forever. Yeah. Which is insane. So how do you fix that? You seem to know the answer to it as a – all-time uh, offensive lineman yourself and someone who has proven that you can parachute into a program and improve the O-line play. Yeah, turn, you know, I'll be honest with you. So when I when I took over the Colts gig last year, one of my major things, and I told them very frankly, hey, listen, all the rest of it, you know, you, you have no idea. You're going to have a 30-year-old play caller. We're going to have but, – but what I, knew, I do know I can improve is this O-line. But mm-hmm. it's going to require patience and consistency in what it looks like. And I, I think from the Giants' perspective is trusting in a system that isn't just about players. Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds so, you know, contrary, but the reality is Andrew Thomas is a, is, a, is a beast athletically, but the guy who comes in after him ain't going to be that good. Right. right? Like that kick slide's not going to be nearly as proficient. So when I played in Indianapolis for Howard Mudd, what we always talked about was techniques and fundamentals trump our scheme. This is what we're going to do. Your, your, your step out is always going to be the same no matter which player you are. And I think what happens to, to, to teams is they fall in love with the way this player does. Well, let me just tell you, I ain't Trent Williams. Yeah. I ain't freaking grown. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. I, and like I used to tell you, I'm not Larry Allen. Yeah. I ain't going to be Larry. Like Larry Allen deserves a different place in the Hall of Fame, right? Like that dude's a freaking different dude. So realize the large majority of players are grouped and you have these one-offs. Well, if you let this, you know, everybody try to mimic this yeah. one-off, we, and that's what teams do. And I'm telling you, I watch it week after week, like, oh, we're going to line up and we're going to let this guy block, you know, tackles block ins. Well, no. Yeah. Tackles block ins at the back chips. <laughs> yeah. If we kick the guard out, if we put the center on an island from time to time, if we slap. Run a screen every now and then, exactly. keep them off balance, run the ball. Yeah. yeah. The um, We're getting old, and the older I get, the more I realize that old people know and when I – the best season I had playing was the only season in my entire career from high school all the way to NFL where I had a dedicated cornerbacks coach. Yes. Emmett Thompson, Hall of Fame cornerback. When I was in Atlanta, I was lucky enough to get traded there in my contract year. And the reason why – I had probably the best season I had anywhere. I didn't have a bunch of picks. I only had one interception that year, and I played almost all the games. But I was playing really well on the field. And the reason why, looking back on it now, was not because of film study, not because I could predict the plays. And that's always what I thought was like, man, I got to be really prepared. I got to know what's coming. It was because I was kind of ready for everything because my technique had never been better. So, like, they don't – my college coach was – also the defensive coordinator. Like the D-backs coach was also the defensive coordinator. He's not spending time working on technique. And you get to the NFL and you get a secondary coach who is is he's teaching you about the scheme. And the assumption is once you get to the NFL, you know how to play football, which, yeah, you know how to play football, but you're not paying attention to technique. And I hate that I sound like an old coach right now, but I think Jeff's right. That's one of the things that you can control. Well, that's that's really interesting because, like, there's now such a premium on player development and teams that do it better than other teams. But I want to – Jeff, I have a question for you. This, And I promise we'll spin it back to the Giants. But the Dolphins, to. in theory, don't have a good offensive no. line. But they can block well because the scheme is – and is that going to be something that other teams copy? 
how they're moving the quarterback and the routes around. I will tell you this about the Dolphins. The reason that the Dolphins' scheme can work that other teams will not be able to match is because of the speed of the receivers and the backs and getting to their spots. Right, like you yeah. ain't got but so many Waddle, Tyreek Hill, right? Like, I mean, these guys, Mostert, yeah, Mostert, uh, Chan, bro. Yeah, and so they can get to their spots. Most teams don't have those players, so it is going to require an extra half a second of blocking. And I will tell you the other thing about them is the mid range game for them has really gone away in the NFL. So many of the passes that you see Tua making where these guys are taking a five- or ten-year route, catching it and taking it 30, is is that mid-range game. And I'm just telling you, it it is a lost art in the NFL. And it is – but I want to go back to the technique. It's very NBA about you. Anyway, go ahead. But but when you get to trusting a technique, you give the power back to to the coach – to allow you to watch and go, hey, this is why you lost, right? right. I, mean, I can I played for Howard Mudd, who was a who was an all decades player, coach forever, one of the greatest, if not the greatest online coach. But there were games, man, where he would look at me and go, hey, get your kick with dignity. This <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a amazing all, line. Whatever it is, yeah. I don't know the You know it. Don't lie. You know how many times you're all pro. I, I was a lot, right? So I was a good player. And he would yeah. look at me and go, we're not going to give a guard to you because it wouldn't matter if we put two guys on him or not. It's not going to happen. So I'm going to let you get in, go fight, right? If you get a penalty, live with it. But that saying gave you the freedom as a player to go let it rip. And we don't do that with guys anymore, man. Yeah. It's like everything's about scheme. Nothing's about yeah. developing a true player. I love that gets kick with dignity yeah. and I love so there's there's this thing uh, just generally masculinity is how I would define it within football and it, it, maybe you could call it toxic if you want to but I recognize this where I'm going into a game in a situation where I know that I can't win every rep yeah. but I got to pretend like I think I'm going to <laughs> and 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 the coach and the coach also pretends like he believes that I'm going to also and I think that creates a situation where your confidence can be shot immediately but if you go into it and Howard Mudd or whoever your coach is is like, look, you only kicked a couple of times. Yeah. We just need you to fight. That's and right. then I got my kick on that play. Like, I feel like that's a, a way to create expectations. But instead, what we do all the time as coaches and players and fans and anybody around is like, we got to dominate. I can win every snap. No, the can't. Well, they good to too. They good too. Isn't this a, li- a lesson though for all offensive lines moving forward though? Because there are more guys. There are more Parsons, T.J. Watts, oh, Miles gosh. Garretts, and they're yeah. moving all around the formation now. It's not just the left tackle that's to block those guys now. So isn't that sort of the lesson you have to develop? To it's b- short memory and yeah. understanding where where do you fit in the scheme? Like understanding where your help comes from. Because I'm gonna tell you, there are still guys. Listen. We had some really good defensive linemen when I played. Mm-hmm. To act like those Freedy guys didn't. Use it. But Watt was there. Yeah. When, you know, he was yeah. coming on when went out. So when you look at this, they are blockable. Like, to, to your point, they're not going to beat you every rep. Right. Yeah. And there are going to be some reps you get up. So on those, dominate. But on the other ones, when you don't get, just don't whiff, right? Like, don't understand the situation. Give yourself a chance that if you do lose, you know, the, the, the quarterback or somebody can pull you out of the hole. It's just, it's fun. The more we do all this, the, I find more and more interesting the psychology of the game. And when you and I had a fight with Greeny this morning that was so much based on psychology of the game. <laughs> Greeny was arguing that quarterbacks should never make a tackle, which, like, fundamentally, from an analytical standpoint, I understand that. If you throw an interception and they score a touchdown, 
uh, on that. That sucks, but that's not nearly as bad as losing your quarterback for the season from an analytical standpoint. But the point that you and I agreed with while being on – you and I being me and Jeff – Charlie agrees with Greeny. Yeah, that's agree right. with is that there is a psychological impact of your leader throwing his nose in there. Like we no see doubt. it on the sideline, and if it's like rah rah stuff, it's corny, whatever. There is an impact to it. It's a long way to get to the point that I'm trying to make is we don't appreciate the psychological impact of setting realistic expectations for your players yeah. and for the people out there because the idea that we say all right. These are the couple protections where we're going to need you to hold up. Yep. Let's express this to you and all the team. We're asking this man to do a whole lot right now. That's right. We're going we're to do it as few times as possible, but we're going to ask him to do a whole lot. Like, that changes the dynamic because if you mess up, you get beat. It's different. But, I, yeah. I mean, I recognize as a player having never felt that, where I always felt like even back to college we go up against a top receiver, I always felt like if I gave up anything – I'm letting everybody down. And that's like debilitating for the course of entire game. It's not where I was expecting to end up, but I think we always kind of end up at some psychoanalysis. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom on Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Can I ask a question on the quarterback tackling thing? Yeah. What's more dejecting to you as a player? The quarterback having to go into the blue tent because he gets hurt on a tackle, or the quarterback just being like, "Nah, we'll, we'll take the pick six. Yeah, <laughs> taking the pick six. Really? But I'll tell you. Let me tell you something. It's so like if it's Chad Henney coming in from a homes. Okay. That's like the mentality let me of the team. Let me just tell you this, bro. If you throw that pick, yeah, and you let me take some, because let me all all other ten guys on that field. Once that ball's picked off, it is it, your head is on a swivel, bro. Because you're gonna get stolen. Yeah. Like that's the most painful play in football for an offense when it flips. And those D linemen, those linebackers, who by the way weigh as much as I do, yep. and they run a lot, lot faster, they're gonna hunt. They're gonna hunt you, and you know you're gonna go. You're gonna go feet over your head. You're gonna get hit. Okay, I can live with it. as long as we're all eleven in this fight. If I see one dude running scared, we're gonna have a big issue. Yeah, I'm gonna have a big. I, so I now, the, and I, I'm not telling you to go get hurt. Yeah, but yeah. if there's a convoy of dudes, I'm not telling you to go. Hey, go be a wedge buster. But I'm saying if you got a shot to make a tackle, right, reach out, go try to do that thing. There's, there's, 
there's intelligence in everything yeah. we do. I'm not saying right. that, but by God, if you right. run for the hills, bro, I think my there there's a tendency to oversimplify this conversation. That's right, which and, is exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah, and there's also <laughs> Patrick Mahomes going to get. There's a, also a tendency to like overestimate the risk of injury. So it's not like it's a 50% chance. Guys throw interceptions every week. And quarterbacks get hurt doing different stuff every week. Now, I agree. If we are doing a math equation, yes, the risk to lose your quarterback and the reward of stopping him from scoring a touchdown is not equal. So, yes, the quarterback should get out of the way if your quarterback is really good. Wait a second. I just realized, Jeff, you were playing against – the most famous quarterback tackle of all time with Big Ben. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't bring that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, that, that might be part of the reason oh why. Uh, you just yeah. met Charlie a couple minutes ago. The point that I'm making is that that equation is not as obvious as you're making it. And yeah. so, yeah. and it's not as simple as Jeff and I are making it also. So what it comes down to to me is Zach Wilson is a good example of this. If Zach Wilson is fighting his off, saying all the right things in media, doing everything that he can, the locker room is more likely to come together. And on the other side, if Patrick Mahomes turns down a tackle, he has so much Patrick Mahomesness for us to be like, oh, we get it. Don't do that. But the fact of the matter is most quarterbacks are between the two of them. And the best thing you can do, because you're not going to be perfect, and if you turn down a tackle in the course of the game, we're not the team is not just going to up and be like, oh, bleep this guy, we're right. done. What happens is that gets filed away, and right. that is like a, a, um, a weight on the wrong side of the scale. Then you throw an interception. Then you say some slick yeah. in the media. Yeah. Then you throw another yeah. interception. Yeah. 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 Then you lose. Yeah. Then you get into it with your coach. Next thing you know, everybody's like, bleep this guy, we don't really mess with him. So that's the point. Yeah. It's not... That is the equation that we're looking at. So it's not as simple as we make it seem. But the point of the matter is we play in a violent game and all of us are subjecting right. ourselves to risk. And you want to be our general. Stick your nose in there, too. Amen. And listen, when you get down to it, this is the other part that I was trying to tell Greeny earlier this morning. You don't know, like the Andy Dalton, when they were playing the Steelers. Yeah. And then I don't know this. Yeah. Season, but what if that is for home field advantage, right? So I, I get that he got hurt, but we you have no idea how it plays out afterwards. Right, that's true. You know, the scoop score, whatever it is. So which game which game are we going to say it's okay to bail out? Which game right. is it not okay to bail Like, all those things tally up, right? And, and like, for, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. There were a lot of seasons we were 12 and 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and fighting for home field advantage because the Patriots were just as good as right. us or Detroit or somebody was hot or the Titans were hot. So you were always chasing that one loss. If you give it up because the quarterback just bows out, you're going to have an issue, right? Now we got to go play somewhere in the cold or some situation yeah. you don't want to go play and you could have played at home if the guy would have given effort. So it's it's that to yeah. me as well. You don't yeah. even know when and it's it's a, um It's not 82 games. It's not, no, yeah. right. not 162 games. There are very few NFL games. And you're right. Championships can swing on the outcome of a game and – and I'd like to no no yeah, I'd like to I'd like to put my hand up and say I think I was wrong about this as we shrink the sample size and these and each win becomes we, more and more we converted a nerd that's, that's, that's right we got some hairy chest now Chuck we can't call you Charlie no more <laughs> call you Chuck all right what else are we gonna get into oh yeah Belichick so yeah this is fascinating to me. this is so yeah this is tough I don't uh. 30 wins away from Shula. Yeah, he's 30 wins away from being the all-time. That's what? Four, 
uh, whoa, 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 that's, that's five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a long time. Yeah, so, yeah, seven, six, seven wins a year, eight, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. He is going to – I am someone who likes the idea of appreciating what an employee has given to you. Like, that seems reasonable to me. However – this is a competitive, competitive industry. And it's not like you can say that it's luck. It's a pretty l- large sample size at this point, uh, or bad luck. It's a large sample size at this point. And not only is it a large sample size of him, str- of Belichick and the Patriots struggling, within that period, there are objectively bad decisions being made. So, like, I, before this game, we had a conversation about Belichick on the hot seat. I said, nah, but I feel like I kind of understand the idea of him being on high seat. At least some of those responsibilities, yeah. like you can't, you can't make all the decisions. Something's going to give, bro. Like, yeah. they're, they're, like Robert Kraft is not going to go through this and allow this to happen another year. Like, it, 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 you know, whatever ends up happening with Mac Jones as this season, you know, progresses is going to be what it is with he and Bill O'Brien. Can they put this thing back together? But you've seen too many years, and I, and I will say this, and – because you and I have had this conversation before, Fox, mm-hmm. about a lot of these things. But players matter, man. Like, yeah. like, like I, I, Bill Belichick is an incredible coach and probably the greatest coach in the NFL ever, right? right. Like, I'm giving him his flowers. What He is a fantastic football coach. But Tom Brady had a ton to do with their success. And, by the way, he masked a ton of personnel issues. Yeah. That you right. can go over, right? Your receivers don't have to be quite as good. I mean, you don't think that Kansas City's getting away with some stuff right now with their wide receiver because they are because yeah. Patrick <laughs> can make some things happen, right? And so, no, no different when you look at organizations and how they're built. But the problem is when he leaves, it's those same personnel decisions that you got away with for so long now are glaring, and everybody's looking at it going, "Hey, you know." No longer do we have a guy that can get, can bail us out because Brady's going to hit the right guy at the right moment. It doesn't matter if he was undrafted or a fifth-round pick or whatever it is. Well, it's hard to progressively win or consistently win in the NFL yeah. with that being your model. And that's that's his model. You got That's where I think you yeah. got to move away from. I, and think, I, think, I think somebody has to come in from right. that perspective. And I also think that there, are, as much as we love to be able to measure everything in sports, there are some things that you can't measure. And some of those things, I think, is comes from experience that Tom Brady has and the connection that he has with the receivers. So, like, you will assume that in the second half of games that it's coaches making decisions. Yeah, sometimes it's coaches making decisions, but also it's sometimes Travis Kelsey going the opposite direction and Patrick Mahomes knowing to hit him there in that situation. That's because those guys had the experience. Daniel Jones or Mac Mac Jones, none of these Joneses, have that type of cachet or relationship with any receivers or trust with any receivers. So, yeah, maybe the entire game offensive efficiency that Tom Brady created while he was there was not, like, astronomical. But in key moments, when important plays needed to be made, you felt confident that he was going to make them. And your point about making the people around you better, we think about that oftentimes in a basketball sense or even in football where it's like, all right, I'm going to make you better because I do something that is so good that it makes you better. But sometimes I think guys like 
Tom Brady, like their presence around, their preparation, the the culture that permeates the team. No like doubt. these are things that are hard to measure. Not to say that Bill Belichick can't create it, but and, the results aren't there. And think about I mean, think about Patrick Mahomes with Kansas. Listen, Andy Reid didn't win one for a long time yeah. until Patrick Mahomes comes along. And I'm not again, Andy Reid is a is a Hall of Fame coach even before yeah. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, right? But when you look at him, some of the decisions he's made in games, yeah. some of the things yeah. that we would talk about have not been, you know, they have not been uh, you know the best call yeah. ever, but Mahomes has now made things happen, and so you start to trust in what it, it's it's the coaching cycle, and you're seeing it now in Denver with I mean yeah. you know, you've got a guy who had Drew Brees for how yep. many you win a lot of games man with some really good players. Just and that's the, not saying it's sorry. them, but yeah. it's it's the combination to take one side of it out and act like it's not it doesn't exist. Mahomes running for first downs the other night is like an example that we won't like we'll forget that by the start of next week we'll forget that. But sure. plays like that are the differences in. And, uh, again, these small sample size, a single elimination tournament, and week-to-week, 17-week season. Like, these little plays are impossible to, like, appreciate how valuable they are when they hit. So, I got to follow up on Belichick because, for me, the hay is in the barn. Like, he had the six Super Bowls. He's probably the best coach of all time. But is your perception of him as a coach changing because of the four years without Brady? He made the playoffs once. They gave up 47 to the Bills. And other than that, it's been a disaster. And – it's been a disaster as a GM, too. Yeah. The coaching staffs he's put together, the rosters he's built. Yeah. Well, having, having your offensive coordinator be not decided and be a defensive guy, yeah. since guy second year is definitely not strong. I, I will say this. He becomes, in my opinion, like every other coach. I don't mean that to be, like, derogatory. Yeah. He, he's just a coach. I mean, right. like, at the end of the day, he had, he had a great run that probably will never be matched again in the NFL, which, hey, man, tip your hat, give the flash because they deserved it. But, again, I don't believe it was all because of Belichick. I don't believe it was yeah. all because I think it was a combination of the two. I think to the world they're seeing it, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's right. like the emperor has no clothes type yeah. deal, right? But that's – I never saw it any different than that. I saw a lot of really good – because let me tell you, their defense Oof. was freaking legit. Yeah. Like, like, we snapped them up understanding that's the group we got to get through. So, I just think it's being, you know. And he would, he would move on from players – at the right time, exactly. just early. And like some of those decisions aren't quite as like prescient as they were before. And so I would agree with Jeff is, I think there are certain things, there are advantages that are defensible. Meaning like there's an advantage you can have that no one else can take away from you. So like having a great quarterback, that's an advantage Absolutely. that every team can't have. Yes. Coaching, that is not an advantage that is defensible. You cannot count on your coach to be smarter than the opposition every single week. And even if we say that Bill Belichick has not lost a step as far as his intelligence or coaching acumen is concerned, the chances of him out-coaching every opponent every week, or at least most of the weeks, and then doing it throughout the playoffs, like, that's... It's it's just not going to happen. And then when you see people out-Belichick and Belichick, where they do a fake extra point... They did a fake field goal and extra point (laughs) on him, and like, damn, that makes it even uglier. Salt in the wound. By the way, Mahomes should have scored all that. (laughs) Anybody who's in fantasy, I have Mahomes. Like, don't stop two yards. Two scores, let's go. Make it happen. Nine and a half line as well. It's devastating. Was it really? (laughs) Oh, I was sick. Do you think he has a a long leash? Do you think Belichick makes it another year? Another year after this? I mean, I think that they, yeah. 
some some people might have to be thrown over the ship in order for Belichick to stay on himself. So or some some responsibilities like I mentioned. Gonna get We're starting up. to get the leaks because that's like it's yeah. getting to Florio, it's getting to the Boston uh, Herald, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I, I do I do think they'll have some some kind of power shift or dynamic will change if he's willing to do that. I think he sticks around. I, I, listen, I, I believe Kraft will draw a hard line. Like I, right. mm-hmm. no, make no yeah. mistake, if Kraft says this is the only way it's going to work, and Belichick balks at it, I think he would move on. Yeah. But I think he will give him parameters of, hey, here's how we can get this thing together, um, and, and you either accept it or don't. Yeah, that's that's the the thing about this conversation is I can see both sides of it. Is if I am Tom, or excuse me, Tom Brady. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm laughing at home. If I'm <laughs> Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft comes in my office and says, we're going to change some things, I might pull a Pat Riley and pour all six of the Super Bowl rings and show him the change in franchise value that's all been created since I've been there. Like, I dropped him on his desk like a bag of testicles and say, (laughs) man, you can't do nothing with me. But I also, as Robert Kraft, I walk in and say, we running a business here, man, and you ain't selling no widgets these last couple seasons. We are getting beat down. And so they're both very strong. And, and Kraft got he got a little he got a little after him. It may have been two yeah. years ago in the preseason. Yeah. And he he said some things even back then. So th- this is not like just gonna come out of the blue. Like this dude, he, he, he listen. Playoffs matter for him. His legacy. Yeah. And the older owners get, the yeah. more that legacy matters. And they, anything in their way is gonna get moved out of it. So I have the quote. Oh, it's from it's from this preseason. Look, I'd like him to break Don Chula's record. But I'm not looking for any of our players to get great stats. We're about winning and whatever we can do to win. He just he treated him like a player who has a disposable, you know, lifespan for his value. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. yeah. That's the part that's the part that gets tricky for me is even like coaches and people are yeah. like, "Oh, we need to Hey man, we all we all got cut, right? right? We all got sent on. We all got told, "Hey, you're not quite good enough." And it is it, it when the, when the shoe is on the other foot, bro. It it hurts, and there's nothing comfortable about it. But I'm just letting you know it happens to all of it. It's hey, you lose your fastball, it's done. It's a wrap. Yep, I don't know. He'll figure it out. Yeah, I I think it's fascinating. It's like one of the plot lines that's like gonna last for a couple more years. Nick, Nick, Nick wants to break the record there. Nick, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick yeah, I'm I'm, I'm partial to Bill Belichick. He's he's such a sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> he just seems like a, such a nice guy. He deserves everything that's come his way. He make no tackles. Um, <laughs> that's that's the real answer to the the story of this dynasty. Underrated how good that defense has been oh. throughout the course of all of this time for which, twenty years. And Bill Belichick gets all the credit for that, but he's a good coach. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. All that aside, we would be remiss if we mm-hmm. didn't get to some sort of conversation about Anthony Richardson because no one loves Anthony Richardson more than Charlie and no one, at least no one I know, is closer to the Colts program than uh, Jeff Saturday. So, Jeff, what are your takeaways for Anthony Richardson so far? I love where he is. I mean, listen, I mean, obviously the, the injury, you know, getting hit the first two weeks and having to miss time, you don't want to see that. But he's doing it based on physical play, pulling the ball down, trying to do things. Um, but this kid, man, you know, he's ahead of the curve here so far. The way he's playing, I think uh, Shane Steichen is doing a great job with him. Uh, pushing the ball down the field. I want to say he's averaging over 14 yards like when he's pushing the ball down Part the time. field, which is leading the league in explosive plays. Yeah, I mean, 20, which is, more than 20 yards. And again, let me tell you, in the NF, today's NFL, that's what wins games. When, when, when I broke everything down after I coached last year and sat down, and I remember you and I had this yeah. conversation, yep. from an offensive line perspective, a run, all these numbers have, have moved in a positive direction. But what I realized was without explosive plays in the NFL, you're not going to win because you can only have so many drives against these defenses of 10-plus plays. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you get down the red zone, they get even harder. So now you're kicking field goals as opposed to scoring touchdowns. But but I think the part that I'm I'm probably most excited about about Richardson is the play that he made last Sunday when he, he ducked rush. He was in the red zone. He ducked rush, stepped up, broke out to his left. And then found a receiver. I thought he was going to pull it down and run it in for a touchdown. Instead, he threw it to a wide open receiver. I don't remember who it was. It's Cox, but, I think, right? Moelle Cox. But but yeah. just the wherewithal in his mind. Because let me tell you what that means, folks. In the red zone, things pop off fast. Uh-huh. And that he had the presence of mind to gather himself and complete that ball. And it, it tells me so much about that he's allowing the game to come to him. It's yeah. it's been impressive. The physical stuff is certainly not a question with Anthony Richardson. Ooh. This man threw a ball 38 yards down the field with Aaron Donald hanging on his Zero body. feet on the ground. Yeah. Zero feet on the it's ground. Just, just all arm strength. So, yeah, that the the mental part of the game was the concern because he's an incredible athlete and understanding how he struggled at Florida. I get it, but he's already in, I guess, what's been two games or three? Three games. He missed. He missed one. He missed one game. Yeah, he missed one yeah. game. He missed part of one and a full game with a concussion. The biggest concerns that we had about him have been already disproven for me. It's stunning to me because we. I thought so. I loved Anthony Richardson coming into this year because this is wild. But they measure everyone at the combine. They do all of their physical characteristics and they sort them by position. If you remove Sorting by position, his closest athletic comp is Khalil Mack. And his second closest athletic comp is Vernon Davis. And that guy playing quarterback is fascinating to me. But I expected him to have ups and downs. I expected him to be flash brilliance and have terrible games. And the fact that we've had two and a half games from him and it hasn't really been like that, that has to be incredibly validating for the Colts taking him in the top five. For sure. I knew this when I was there. Ballard was, was already very high on him. And right. liked him a lot, watched a lot of film on him, had a lot of trust in him already. And I think the the combination of Steichen coming in and what he had already yeah. done in Philly with Hurts and seeing the way that whole thing had come together, understanding it's going to be a very similar style development for this young quarterback. But I, I would say, from, from my perspective, the explosive play part, not only with his arm, but with his legs. Yeah. When that dude pulls it down and totes it, he looks different than every – I mean, literally. Like, yeah. I, as good as everybody else is, and I'm not – you know, I know it's it's a small sample size, but when that dude pulls it down, it looks different. 
And if he can couple those two things, because they haven't even really started to bring in the zone read concept off the back. I mean, they do, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, really allow yeah. it to develop on that backside. Holy mackerel. Because like you said, Khalil Mack running that thing <laughs> outside there or running it. Like, yeah. What are you going to do to what stop we that? Yeah. Yeah. You're going you're to have a spy? You're going you're gonna to yeah. have Fox spy no, him? No, thanks. At, at 180? I'm no, good. Bro. I'm good. <laughs> 180. Wow, generous. <laughs> uh, and they're going to get Jonathan Taylor back too. Soon. soon. Yeah, soon. which you'll yeah, add yeah. to add to that um, offensive threat. But, yeah, I, I think it's exciting and interesting. The athleticism is something that you can't you can't fake. No matter how big the sample size is, I only need you to see one ridiculous play. Because in the NFL, you can't do that. Right. Yeah, it, like that's not a mistake when he does those sorts of things. And he does seem to have a maturity about him. And all that matters, I think. I think it um, brings a calm to the team when he's out there. And he seems to be calm. And I think we uh, need to be hesitant about, uh, like, naming people quarterback whisperers. But I do think that what Shane Steichen has done in Philadelphia, like it's a perfect like match yes. where you can find a way to bring along a player who needs some time to develop slowly. That's exactly what he did with Jalen Hurts. Yes. The difference is Jalen Hurts was surrounded with a little bit more talent yeah. and, uh, than Richardson has here. But the cautionary tale, I would say, is in that same – uh, Eagles uniform is Carson Wentz, who came on strong <laughs> yeah. and then fell apart. So I don't want to get uh, too far ahead of ourselves. But don't be scared, dude. Jump at the deep end. Don't, okay. be, don't be scared. Yeah. That boy, the four verse concept, you got to like it. Right? <laughs> That's so fun. My gosh. Like, That's crazy. That, that, that is the part that yeah. I think separates him is if he has the ability to really pull it down. Yeah. And now linebackers got to sink to close everybody. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you got four rushers. And this kid can do things with his leg. That to me is what. Yeah. Now the part, that, the part that I'm honestly most nervous about. I did not like to see him miss. You know, in two weeks, yeah. where I was like, ooh, because yeah. because to me, that's really what's going to separate him as he develops is his ability to really take advantage of because the speed to close. Man, yeah, he's hey, them are first down churners. He right? got He needs to go to to Tua take a fall camp because that yeah. was a real problem when he crossed in the goal line. Like that was completely oh, unnecessary. He just let it happen to himself. Yeah, like no. protect yourself, man. So yeah. I'm sure uh, that's an easy lesson. To learn, you just gotta, you just gotta get hit one good time, and now you brace yourselves. But the ceiling for him is probably Lamar Jackson, right. which is, and I guess it's, it's uh, Jalen Hurts too. But I, I bring up Lamar Jackson because no matter how much help they try to bring in Lamar Jackson, he ends up just being him and and Mark Andrews. No matter what, it's just him and Mark Andrews. You don't think and, he could be like a souped up Cam Newton from that year? He was hyper efficient. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's to say. I guess my point is, I think Lamar Jackson is better. Or even Josh. I think the highest end is Lamar Jackson is better. And the, mm. the reason why I chose Lamar Jackson is because the lack of support okay. that he has around him. So, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of support. And he could get that good. And I would say the same thing about Josh Allen. Plenty of support. Right. He can get there. That would be nice. Cam Newton, not as much support. But not the same type of player, I no, would say. No, no. Yeah, Cam Newton wasn't, well, I guess Richardson's not accurate either but I think what we can get from him is a little bit better and a little bit more consistent because Cam Newton had the one super efficient year I just see the physical comps because they're both so yeah. huge like Josh Cam yeah. and yeah. Richardson are totally yeah. different than everyone I remember, else. I remember Cam that I met him at Pro Bowl one time he was like uh Mr. Saturday how you doing I was like come on man just looking down I'm like I'm a little kid I shook his hand looking up I'm like I should be calling you sir you know what I mean but I will say this too about uh Richardson and 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 we talked about Cam but even with Lamar Jackson the good thing for him he has 
three really good tight ends yeah. in that system. And Ogletree, this kid who just came on, yeah. public, he is an athletic freak now. Mm-hmm. He tore his ACL last year. Um, but with, with Kyle Grant, like, there's a there are enough bodies mm-hmm. in that position. And when they go two and three and, and get what I would call big, his their ability to be explosive even out of that yeah. is very beneficial. And it reminds me, it likens me back to yeah. like Lamar's MVP because right. they yep. have multiple the tight ends. And you can get and you then you get those seams and you're mm-hmm. throwing to a dude who's six six, right? right? It's yeah. not I ain't throwing to Julian Edelman, right? right? Like I'm throwing the ball high and on a line and that guy's gotta go up and make that play. I think that will be very beneficial for him as well. The cool thing about extremes like that, whereas it's an extreme to put two, three tight ends on the field at any given time. The cool thing about extremes like that is if you build for that, nobody else is built for that. That's right. So, like, there will be, even if they got two good coverage linebackers, they don't got three. Right. And if they got three good, if they got two good coverage linebackers, you know what they don't want to see? Anthony Richardson right. in the hole. Like, it's hard to find, uh, to, to not be able to find an advantage. And when you don't have, like, great receivers, that's an interesting way to go. And the receivers aren't great, but they're huge. Like, yeah, Pierce is 6'3", and Pittman 6'4". Which is helpful for someone who yeah. struggles with accuracy, which yeah. I think Anthony Richardson does, so. Yeah, I'm excited for the Colts going forward because it feels like – I mean, they feel like they found a quarterback. Them and the, and the Texans should be really excited about coming out of this draft. How funny is it that the AFC South became exciting this year? We thought it was like a walkover Jags top two seed because of the division. Yeah. How, how, let me ask you this. If you're Tennessee right now, how sick are you that you're looking at this and you were supposed to – you know, you, you, had, yeah. you had a shot to be either one or two in the division – and now you're looking at three. You're looking at three quarterbacks who are going to be around for a while and play some really good football. You you better be in a hurry to find yours because them those three are already showing. I know I know Trevor Lawrence hasn't been at yeah, but, but hey, all three of those that that was the part the most impressive to me is like you're seeing the entire or the entire division kind of flip over right. and it's exciting to watch. Yeah, and this is this is an argument for tanking somebody like you would make. <laughs> Because the Texans, I mean, the Titans are always just like me. They're like they were. Everything. They won like fourteen games a couple years ago. Yeah. Not a real fourteen games, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like like how the Giants won a playoff game last year. Yeah. It was like nobody was thinking, oh, here come the Titans. But anyway, I appreciate you for joining us, Jeff. This was awesome. You'll be so here fun. all the time. Charlie, you're going to start coming up to New York? Hell yeah. All right, maybe we can do this again sometime. All right, thank you, guys. Uh, we're not presented by anybody today. Nope. Presented by me. Thank you, producers. Uh, Megan, Kevin, Brian, Serafina. I'm so bad at names. We out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.